Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. Uh, again, my my voice may be still a little bit off, uh, just still kind of working through that illness, but I'm, I'm about in the clear. I'm feeling a lot better um, and uh, should be back to normal starting next week with our, our later episodes. But uh, yeah, we are back with our part two episode covering location. Uh, before we dive in, just want to go over a couple of things. Um, we do have a new location in the uh, in the game, so I want to talk about that here. But also, you know, in our recording with Carbon, we were going off a list of locations on MarvelSnap.io, but it turns out we were missing a couple, and there's been a couple of a uh, couple locations that have come out in the last couple of weeks that I don't think we covered uh, either. So, just want to give kind of a high level of, uh, of five locations that we didn't really cover in the interviews. I wanted to make sure you guys heard my thoughts about them briefly. So. Uh, the new location that just actually came out this week is Asgard. Uh, obviously, with the Thor kind of season pass this month, this makes that sense thematically. Uh, Asgard, uh, basically, after turn four, uh, the person who is winning at that location gets to draw two extra cards. So this plays into the synergy with Thor, where you shuffle uh, Mjolnir into your deck, and then you want to draw uh, Mjolnir. Um, Kind of in those last couple turns of the game and because thor is a four drop you know i think kind of the the theme here is you play thor you win the location you get the two extra cards and then ideally you're drawing mjolnir and getting that extra six power and so um that's asgard um some of the other newer locations uh first lemuria lemuria makes it so when that location um appears the turn it appears on no cards are revealed this is an interesting one. Um, you know, there are a lot of cards on revealability, and there's cards where you really want to get the ability on a certain turn for that on revealability. Uh, Okoye, um, uh, and, and other cards where you're kind of getting buffs or certain things. Usually you're wanting to get those early or at a certain point with your hand or your deck. And so if, if that's not happening on the turn, that has thrown me off. And so it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, location for sure, and uh, but it also, um, you know, it can be beneficial. Your opponent doesn't know what you've played there yet for an extra turn, and sometimes that can add a little mystery and cause some misplays by your opponent. Uh, and then another location that's been added, this is several weeks ago now, uh, is Monster Island. Monster Island uh, adds a nine power monster to each side of the board, um, which is very interesting because essentially it's a net zero between you and your opponent um and so i always try to kind of figure out okay am i going to just not target this location because uh, i basically lose a spot and i'm kind of at a net gain against my opponent or do i want to you know assume my opponent's gonna not try to play there because of the monster being there so then i want to buff it up a ton with some of my biggest cards uh so an interesting one for sure that i kind of flip-flop on how i try to play against it well, those are the newer locations. I really quick wanted to cover two of the ones that me and Carbon missed in our recording, which is uh, TVA or the Time Variance Authority. Uh, this location causes the game to end after turn four. So again, uh, games are normally six turns. Uh, you know, we have a location that increases the turn limit to seven turns, but this one decreases it from six turns to four turns. Um, this one's interesting because obviously shortens the game, and so. If this reveals on turn three as your third location, you only have one more turn after this. And um, 
you know, sometimes that's an instant retreat for some people because you're already behind or you just, you, you were really planning to play all your biggest cards on five and six and you just know you're not gonna be able to win. So, so a very interesting card. One thing I like to do, I like to play Scarlet Witch in my main deck and Scarlet Witch will change the location. So sometimes I like to change this on turn four uh, or on three, etc. So people think uh, that turn, the game's gonna end early, but then I, I change so the game extends. So sometimes that causes some misplays by an opponent, them anticipating the game ending earlier. And then the last location that me and Carbon missed in our recording was the sewer system. Uh, you know, there's a location that decreases cards by three power, one that decreases by two, and this one's the one that decreases cards by by one. Um, so obviously the least worst uh, of these locations. Um, but obviously, you know, if you play one card there, you're getting minus one power, not a big deal. If you play four cards there, obviously cumulatively, you're getting a minus four. Um, so not the end of the world. Um, you know, usually I, I try to play into this location. I paid a lot of my opponents aren't going to. Uh, and so usually I can get kind of an advantage here by being willing to take the hit on the minus power by kind of stacking this location with a lot of cards. Well, I appreciate your patience. I just wanted to make sure we covered all these locations just as part of this series this week as we're covering all the locations. Uh, I will say, you know, the first part of this conversation launched earlier this week so if you haven't listened to that episode yet go listen to that one first uh because we kind of cover the first half of the locations in that episode once you finish that come right back here because we are going to dive into the remaining locations uh so without further ado let's jump into today's episode up next we have negative zone negative zone reads cards here have minus three power so this is what i alluded to there's a couple locations like this obviously the lowest one we currently have uh i guess what is your strategy with this one i mean that you know if you were to max this out with four cards that's a minus 12 yeah yeah negative zone is is interesting because um sometimes in the minus one and minus two you can overcome the negatives if you have enough cards there and you, you know you're buffing them with nova or blue marvel there's other cards um but negative zone the minus three power is just absolutely brutal for swarm decks to try and deal with so i think negative zone leans more towards that you're wanting to put your biggest card into here um and, and have it when when you the location agreed up next we have new york new york reads on turn six you can move cards to this location uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, I I feel like I don't take advantage of it enough, but I mean, really, it's it can be really good for you, but also you have it really opens it up for both you and your opponent, right? Uh, you can be planning towards it during the game, but really, turn six, it kind of can be anybody's guess of how how powered each location is going to shake down. Yeah, New York is absolutely crazy, and has by far led to the most 50-50 games. Uh, that I've experienced. New York is also, as soon as a movement deck with a card like Multiple Man, uh, Human Torch, Vulture, as soon as they see New York, they get super excited. If I'm playing a movement deck and I see New York, I snap almost immediately. So um, this card is very, uh, very cool. I, I also, this is another card that I really, really love the theme and design of how it matches uh, with Kingpin, which is a card that prevents that uh, if you move card, it says on reveal, if you move cards here next turn, destroy them. And, and, and Kingpin's like home is new york so i just think that 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 little theme is really really cool as well yeah he's like no not in my city right <laughs> it's great uh up next we have nova roma 
which is interesting. Uh, I, the the uh, effect is basic. Draw a card. So both players draw a card one time. Uh, but then for me, it's kind of just, uh, I mean, once that happens, right, it's, it doesn't do anything the rest of the game. So it's kind of a play as you will, right? Yeah, Novaroma is super, super interesting. Um, I think it, fa- I believe it favors decks that are looking to find specific cards, so like combo decks, um, because it, it, um, normally in a game you're only going to draw nine cards out of your twelve card deck. So drawing ten cards out of your deck greatly increases the chances that you're going to see your combo pieces that you need. Yeah, very great point. And, and leading right into it, just works out alphabetically. Olympia, the next location, reads draw two cards. So. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add here. I mean, essentially what you just said, I mean, this just helps you. I mean, normally in a game, you draw nine of your 12 cards without any extra draw, right? This makes it so you get 11 out of the 12, which can pretty much lock in, make sure you're going to get all the cards you need for your strategy. Yeah, uh, Olympia combo decks are extremely happy to see Olympia. That It is almost guaranteed that you're going to find at least one of your you know big combos in in, in that deck. Well, up next, we have Onslaught Citadel. Onslaught Citadel uh, matches Onslaught, obviously. Uh, reads, ongoing effects here are doubled. Uh, what do you like to see with this location? Um, so this obviously, you know, favors ongoing cards, which we, we haven't currently in, in the kind of meta that's that's shaken out. We, have, we haven't really seen much for for ongoing decks that are, that are uh, good. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, I think the main the main one the main card that you'll see here a lot is is dinosaur as devil dinosaur um, because it gets its power doubled here which is absolutely insane so um, I'm sure I'm sure some people have seen uh, in some games the absolutely ridiculous amount of power you can get here with Iron Man and a, and a copy of Onslaught um, I think someone's gotten over two million power at this location before which is pretty funny so yes I I saw the same video the same picture yeah it's kind of crazy uh once you start uh, exponentially growing here so well up next uh we'll, we'll cover this it's not a location that normally shows up in the game but just to explain uh the location is called ruins and the description is a wasteland of destruction uh there are a couple cards or a couple locations that that can you know we've already talked about one that can destroy locations anything that destroys a location will essentially leave it with ruins i guess i shouldn't say that anything that ruins a location will leave it with ruins uh you know, there are effects that wipe a location completely off the board. Uh, I don't know, not much to say here other than uh, basically just makes it a non-effect uh, location. And yeah, not, not much to cover there. So we'll just jump to the next one, which is Sakar. Sakar says, put a card from each player's hand here. Uh, this has gone really well for me. And this has also gone very poorly for me. What are your thoughts on Sakar? Um, Sakar is a little bit, is a little bit more, is another one of those, uh, uh, random, random ones. Um, it's, it can be good. It can be bad. I think it favors, again, it favors, um, decks that are looking to go tall. So, um, that, that are pulling, you know, that have a higher chance to pull a big card out of your hand, but it also has a chance, um, for, for combo decks that pull out combo pieces that you needed for later, uh, like, like cartage, or if it pulls out, a a, a card that discards another one of your important cards that that feels really bad so sometimes it can work out sometimes it doesn't um you can't really plan for it because of the effect happens immediately so yes yeah exactly up next we have sanctum sent uh sanctorum uh which reads cards can't be played here now obviously if this flips on a location where you've already played cards those are there 
Uh, but other than that, I mean, this plays well into move decks or cards that can buff other locations, kind of like you've already spoken to. Yeah, exactly. That those are the two, those are the two main ways to get power into uh, Sanctum Sanctorum, and also there yeah, also cards that summon uh, other cards at other locations. So things like White Tiger and Squirrel Girl are, are other ways to get into here. Um, Sanctum is very very challenging for uh, decks that want to fill the board, especially if they aren't able to play yes. cards here before it flips because they they don't have uh, they don't have room on the board to play cards. So it can be a challenging one to deal with. Yes, there has been a, a more than one game where this is flipped and I say, do I want to keep playing this game? Usually I try to play it out, but I'm like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I already know this is going to go poorly. So uh, up next, we have Savage Land. Uh, Savage Land reads, add two raptors on each side of this location. A raptor is a one cost, uh, one power card. Um, so it kind of fills half of uh, half of the location, location for you and your opponent. Um, you know, this plays into a Nova Carnage combo, plays into a Gazar combo, anything else that you, you know, you try to play into with Savage Land. Uh, Savage Land is, is very interesting because, uh, it, it really, it only gives you two slots and that's if you haven't played a card there before it flipped. So potentially you're only, you have one slot to work with. So frequently I find myself playing like kind of my biggest card at Savage Land in order to win that location. Yeah. Uh, agreed right i i've seen games where i've played and maybe my opponent's thinking the same thing they're like oh i'm kind of locked out of this maybe you know and so they maybe don't uh you know start to play cards there and either i'll get a big big card there or something like a dinosaur uh there that can kind of just overwhelm them at the end of the game so up next we have shadowland Shadowland reads, add a ninja to each side with minus two power. A ninja is a one cost minus two power card. So it not only fills up one location for each of you, but obviously you're starting uh, underneath, right? You're starting with a minus two power at this location. Yeah, this one is super interesting. Um, it, it, it gives you a lot of... Uh... A lot of information. Again, this is another one. It takes up a slot on your opponent's board, so you know they can only play so many cards there. Uh, it also is a prime target uh, for, for players playing uh, destroy decks to, to destroy this negative two power in order to convert it. You know, if Carnage eats it, Carnage gains power, and then you, you lose the negative two power, which is good for you. Um, so you can kind of predict if your opponent's playing that style of deck where they're going to, that that's the lane where they're going to try and do their combo. Yes, and you can try to lock them out or, or play to that strategy, exactly. Well, up next, I think, is my favorite location. Uh, I think. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it. Sinister London, another one that plays into kind of a combination between location and, and card, similar abilities here. Sinister London reads, when you play a card here, add a copy to another location. So obviously, Mr. Sinister, when you play him, he creates a clone of himself. Um I love this card. I have so much fun in games when this is uh, there because wild things happen, right? You're all of a sudden able to get, uh, you know, duplicates of all your best cards kind of spread across the board, and it, it's just a fun ride. Yeah, Sinister London, I think, has resulted in, in the craziest games, I think, out of out of every location that I've seen. Um, I'm very happy to see Sinister Location when I'm playing my, uh, my uh, Wave Jubilee deck. Um, I, I snap almost immediately when I see this because I know that I can slam down huge cards. I can play like Iron Man. I can play Infinite there and get a copy of it somewhere else is, is pretty crazy. I will say that there's inter an interesting interaction where if a, lo a, a different location is completely filled, then the card will is guaranteed to go to one specific location. So with a little bit of planning, you can put your, your copies of your cards right where you want them to go. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can kind of play your board correctly so that uh, you get the best benefit uh, at that location. Well, up, up next, we have Sokovia. Sokovia reads, discard a card from each player's hand. Um, kind of depressing when you think of Sokovia in the MCU and stuff like that. But uh, uh, you think of people dying or something like this. But um, yeah, uh, sometimes it, it doesn't make that too big of an impact in a game. Uh, other times, my opponent sees you know, one of my most important cards get deleted, and uh, I'm, I'm unsure how to proceed. Yeah, Sokovia, Sokovia is another interesting one where uh, it it can completely screw you. It can completely screw your opponent. Uh, there's not there's almost zero situations where either of you want this either of you want to discard a card. So the only deck deck that that wants that to happen is obviously discard decks. But we haven't seen too many of those. So it uh, it really is just a challenging location that you know might result in the retreat. So you just kind of have to play around it and see what gets discarded for you and your opponent. Yep. Up next, we have Stark Tower, another themed card that kind of goes with uh, the character cards. I'll let you speak to that. It says, at the end of turn five, give all cards here plus two power. What are your thoughts with Stark Tower? Uh, Stark Tower is super interesting. Um, it, it's similar to Muir, where you, Muir Island, where you want to have four cards here on turn five in order to get the maximum amount of power. Um, I, I love the theme of that you that you know you want to play Iron Man on turn five at Stark Tower. Um, in order to get the you know the plus sixteen total massive power swing, um, so that's a really cool really cool theme. Oh, I really like Stark Tower. Um, there's some really interesting counterplay if you can uh, destroy or uh, mess up your opponents. What your opponent's trying to do on the other side, uh, you can win this location by you know playing cards like Electra and whatnot. So up next we have Strange Academy. Strange Academy reads: At the end of turn five, move all cards here to other random locations. My question is, do you try to load this up and then build the rest of your board to kind of force cards going to it? Or do you try to avoid this until kind of the end game and just slam something down here on turn six? Uh, Strange Academy is a super interesting one. Um, there's di different decks have, have different ways to approach it. So uh, when I'm playing a big deck, I like to yeah, fill up, uh, I like to just let my cards get moved out of the way so I can play one big card here and win the location on turn six. Um, but if I'm playing like a, like a swarm deck, I can, I can, I can build, if I can fill my board enough, then I can make it so my cards won't move at all because they can't, there's no other location that they can go to. So they'll just stay at that location. If my opponent's cards get moved, then I can win that location potentially. Yes. Great point. Uh, definitely can kind of play the bigger deck that your opponent may have. Up next, we have subterranea uh, Terrania or subterranea, uh, the the description reads shuffle five rocks into each deck um again just for the listeners rocks are one cost zero power cards uh yeah i i don't know if i have much to say about this other than uh i don't love drawing rocks most times <laughs> yeah this is this is another one that's that's pretty random um if you draw more rocks than your opponent most likely you're gonna lose the game so it just it comes down to you know you need to be smart about when to retreat you know and when when to snap with this with this uh, this location. Yeah. Up next is a card. Uh, it's a uh, uh, feels bad when you've played this. I played a card here before it flips. It's the bar with no name. It says whoever has the least power here wins. More often than once, I put my one drop here before it uh, is revealed, and it's revealed, and then my opponent doesn't play anything there the whole game, and I kind of just lose that location by default really early in the game. 
Yeah, this is a super interesting one because if you can if you see it and know that it's there, that you basically are playing a two location game. So it comes down to a tiebreaker of who can just put more raw power because usually one of you will win one location each. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see the bar with no name um, as our featured location at some point um, because there's a lot of there's a couple a few cards in the game that give you negative um, points. So I'm super interested to see the weird decks that people come up with in order to win this location. Yeah, the negative power uh, meta. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, up next, we have the big house. Uh, big house reads four, five, and six cost cards can't be played here. So kind of the opposite of crimson, right? Where uh, that was one, two, three cards can't be played here. This is four, five, six cards can't be here. So kind of the opposite. Yeah, the big house is 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 interesting because. Uh, all, you, you want to be able to put a lot of power to location, but but generally your one, two, and three cost cards don't put out a ton of power. Um, so the big house is perfect for for those you know quote unquote powerhouse two to two and three cost cards like collector and dinosaur to stick in there in order to get enough power to win the location. Yes, it, it plays really well into those decks uh, that have those really powerful low cost cards. <laughs> Up next is the hub. The hub reads, add a random card to each player's hand. Um, so kind of like an Agent 13, but for free for both players, right? Uh, you kind of get that random card that just adds a little extra pizzazz to a match. Uh, sometimes your opponent gets a much better card than you. You really don't know. Um, what are your thoughts here? I mean, I, I just kind of, you kind of just take it, take what it gives to you and you, and you make the call how you're going to play. Yeah, I, I think I think it's 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 pretty random effect, but usually you know getting more cards in your hand is is usually not bad. Um, so you can kind of uh, work with the card that you get for random. Sometimes you'll play it, sometimes you won't. So you just uh, you, you kind of play around with it. Up next, we have the Space Throne, which reads: only one card can be here for each player. Uh, my first question before we actually talk about this location is: uh, how? Hopefully, I'm not the only person that's done this, but do you often have you ever got squirrels uh, stuck in this location? Oh, absolutely. Yep. That has yep. happened even multiple times today, even. Yep. That has happened. So, okay, good. Just want to make sure I'm not the only one. I, that happens to me all the time. Play squirrel girl, uh, add squirrels to the other locations. Then this flips on turn two or three. And it's like, well, um, okay. Hopefully my opponent also locked out that location <laughs> already too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously joking aside, uh, what's your strategy with space? Right. I'm assuming similar to Atlantis. Yeah, space throne. Space throne is very interesting because um, there's there's a bit more, there's a bit of different counterplay compared to Atlantis because Atlantis at least you can put four cards there if you need to, right? You can adapt and change. Where space throne, you can only have uh, one card here unless you played cards there before it flipped. So a lot of people like to put their biggest cost card, the most powerful card here on turn six in order to win it. But there's a bit of counterplay. Uh, there's like Professor X that if, if, if he gets played there early can lock down the location and just win it for free. Um, there's cards that can add location or add power from the sides. Uh, and it's, 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 it's super interesting. Yeah. I agreed. Uh, definitely a fun one. Um, up next, we have the super flow. Uh, I enjoy this one as well. It reads, if you have no cards here, plus one energy each turn. So another one that kind of uh, boosts energy. I mean, there's kind of two ways, really, you can think of boosting energy. Either your card, your costs of your cards go down or you actually get more energy to spend. Both have a similar effect, slightly different. Uh, I, I've had games where Elysium and this show up at the same time. So all cards cost one less and I get an extra energy per turn, uh, which just is very fun to play with. Yeah, the super flow is 
is is very cool. It, it it is challenging because if you if you play a card here or action or uh, get a card here before it flips, then you're not getting that energy, and your opponent has a lot of information, and they know that okay, I have this energy. Uh, they don't. I have a much better chance of winning. So it, when you get unlucky, then then there could be some issues. But otherwise, it allows for uh, you know you to play some combos of cards that you wouldn't normally be able to play in a normal match. Yeah, great point. Up next, we have the vault. Uh, it reads on turn six, cards can't be played here. Uh, so similar card to some of the other ones where kind of certain turns you're locked out of playing. So this one lets you play on the first five turns. Uh, definitely can lead to that scrambling by you and or your opponent, right? Where, okay, I need to hurry and load this one up kind of through the middle of the game because I'm not going to be able to drop anything here turn six, which can, you know, either you play into that strategy or maybe you just let your opponent kind of max this out and you focus. Yeah, this is this is also similar to the kill where you can, uh, cards can't be played here on turn six. So you can add cards um, like by moving or adding power uh, later on. Um, so so there is there is potential to, to put cards into the vault after it's been closed. So there's a bit of counterplay there as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Definitely plays into the move, the move meta, the move strategy. Up next, we have Tinker's Workshop. Uh, plus one energy this turn. Um, I'll be honest. You know, we've talked about a couple ones that either lower costs and or give you more energy. This one kind of feels bad compared to those ones because uh, it's just one energy on one turn, and it's obviously either turn one, two, or three when this flips. Uh, so yes, I mean it's nice. Sometimes you get like a a, a two cost card down on turn one, etc. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Tinker's Workshop can be can be game changing if if you have the cards in hand on those first few turns in order to take advantage of it. Um, frequently, I run into a problem where I just I I don't have the cards to to take advantage of it. So it, it really depends on think on the player's hands, but you can definitely get ahead on the board by with that one extra energy, you know, potentially letting you do a combo that you wouldn't be able to sometimes on early turns. Yeah. Yep. I, I run into the same problem. Some, it's just, it seems like it never quite syncs up with, with how it could sync up with my deck. Up next, we have Titan. Titan reads six cost cards cost one less. Uh, I mean, obviously if you're playing a deck with a lot of big cards, you've got maybe an infinite, and you've got uh, Hulk or Chavez, something where you're trying to pull really big cards out. If this pops up, you're probably feeling pretty happy because you may be able to pull six cross card uh, with uh, Jubilee on turn four. You could theoretically six cross card on turn five and play another one on turn six. Yeah, Titan is a very interesting one. Obviously favors uh, decks running big cards. Uh, one of my favorite interactions is with uh, the new card Wave, uh, which Wave um, on reveal the, the next turn cards cost four. But um, if you have two six cost cards in hand, they will they'll each cost three. So potentially you can play two cards and the last turn two big cards while your opponent can only play one card, which is very interesting. Oh man, yeah, that, that sounds like fun combo to... Uh to blow out your opponent at the end of the game. Up next, we have Wakanda. Wakanda reads, cards here can't be destroyed. Um, definitely, you know, there's a... We all know Nova Carnage has, has still been seeing a lot of play. I mean, less once you get into the higher pools, but still sees a lot of play. Um, and this just kind of limits uh, your opponent's ability to uh, to get that combo off. 
Yeah, if you see if you see Wakanda and you know your opponent's playing a Nova Kardashek, you're very happy because you know that they can't do their combo in the lane, which gives you a ton of information to work with so that they're going to need to use one of the other two locations to get their combo off. Um, I also really like Wakanda um, against Elektra because oftentimes if I'm playing, you know, my important one drops like Sunspot, for example, I like to play them into Wakanda if possible because then I can't lose them. Yes, uh, agreed. I definitely uh, feel safe. Uh, you know, putting cards here and knowing, okay, I can know with a little more surety how my strategy is going to play out. Up next, we have Wakandan Embassy, which reads, give plus two power to cards in players' hands. Um, obviously, locations flip on turns one, two, or three. So just depending on how the, you know, the dice roll here, depending on how many cards you've played and how many cards you've drawn, uh, this can buff one card, two cards, three cards, four cards, right? It, it just depends. But Obviously, the ideal is this flips when, when you have maybe three, four cards in your hand. Yeah, Wakanda Embassy is very interesting. It gives it to both players, so usually it doesn't have you know too big of an effect because both of your cards are um, getting bigger. It does, it does, it is more impactful on some cards. So, for example, if your Iron Man gets plus two power, then uh, it's getting plus four power, you know, overall. Or, for example, um, I like to play uh, decks that you know copy other cards in your hand, and when that happens, you copy the power as well. So, in, in those kind of decks, in those situations. Um, you can you can get some squeeze extra power out with Wakanda Embassy. Yeah, great point. Well, up next we have Washington D.C. Uh, I like to call it the home of the squirrels because the ability reads cards here with no abilities have plus three power. We're not seeing any meta of the base cards that don't have a description really get played a ton. I mean, we are I think starting to see a little more Hulk play with things like Jubilee, but. Um, Generally, the best thing that I can get out of Washington, D.C. is I can get a squirrel in there and it's, uh, you know, it's a four power card. Yeah, Washington, D.C. is actually super interesting because uh, it, it changes uh, the the most like efficient place to play your squirrel girl because you want to maximize your chances if the next location flips. If it's Washington, D.C., you want to have a squirrel gear. Uh, scroll there to get the plus four power it's also super interesting uh with cards like zero that can silence another card because then those cards um will get the buffs from washington so there's a lot of there's just some different uh, potential there up next we have weird world uh this reads both players draw from their opponent's deck uh decks uh, i don't know if this has happened to you but i've had mirror matches where essentially the person's playing the same deck as me and uh, I end up pulling from their deck, and it ends up feeling like I'm pulling from my own deck. Yeah, Weird World is is super interesting. It, um, it, it, I think it comes down to basically how good your starting cards or your first couple draws were. If Weird World flips second or third, um, if you if you found the important combo pieces from your deck before you start drawing from their deck, then generally you can win the game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, if you kind of have that two or three key pieces, like a, you have Moon Girl and Dino in your hand, or you have, uh, you know, um, Jubilee, right? And you've already kind of drawn that, then uh, then you're, you might be in good shape. Up next is Westview. Uh, Westview reads, turns into a new location on turn four. So it kind of has that similarity, obviously, with Scarlet Witch. Um, kind of that... Uh, makes you think, okay, this could be any location, right? It's not copying another location on the board, et cetera, or ruining it. Um, really makes you think, how much do I want to play into this location before I know what the final location is? 
Yeah, Westview is is really hard to to manage because you have no idea what location it's going to be, like you said. Um, so you, you you can't really plan for it. You and uh, the the interesting thing is that a lot of locations that come out of Westview won't do anything because they do something on turn three and it's and it's it's turn four, it's turn five now because it's the end of turn four. So they they they'll just be blank locations. So you can kind of rely on it being a blank location more of the time, but. But it's it, you just have to kind of adapt and play around uh, with what it turns into. Yep, agreed. Up next, we have World Ship, uh, another very rare location uh, that I believe is in the game, but I don't think I've personally seen it. Uh, it reads "Destroy the other locations," so it kind of just uh, you know this flips over, and then you're playing a one location game. Yeah, you you just have to you have to put as much uh, as much power as possible into this into this location because it's the only location left. So it creates some interesting uh, turns where you're each time just passing, hoping to drop a better card into it. Um, I'll, it is very rare. I think that it's tied with ego for the I think the most rare, at least that I've seen. I think I've hit it maybe five or six times. So yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely an interesting one to pop up in the game and, and really changes what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, up next, we have X-Mansion. Uh, X-Mansion reads, at the end of turn three, add a random card here for each player. I like the flavor of this, kind of X-Men, X-Mansion, right? Kind of like this thing where there's mutants, they're all different and kind of random, have different powers. So at the end of turn three, add a random card here for each player. Uh, what are your thoughts? How do you play around X-Mansion? Uh, so expansion is super interesting. Uh, there's there's been lots of games that have been either won or lost uh, due to this because you know your opponent could get a huge card, you could get a huge card. Um, one of the most interesting things is that it puts it's putting you know a physical card at this location. So if you have uh, if you have other cards synergized with having more cards at uh, a location, then you might want to play you know cards like Ant Man or whatever into expansion to get those buffs. Yeah, this is usually where I lay down an Ant Man if I if I see it on the board and I haven't played him yet. Well, up next is our very last location here. Uh, ending with the X's here, we have Xandar. Xandar is a car. It reads cards here have plus one power. I'm interested in this because anything where it's like okay, you get a buff, and so the more cards you have there, you get more buffs. But this one doesn't increment every turn. So it's like, even if you have four cards here, it's really just a plus four buff. Uh, I, I think I have fallen into the trap sometimes of feeling like I need to commit a ton to this location where maybe I should be committing elsewhere. Yeah, Xander is an interesting one because it can be one where, uh, you know, obviously if you play four cards here, you're getting the full power, but it's not one where, you know, you necessarily need to play four cards here. You're not going to lose the game potentially if you don't play four cards here. So having two or three cards here is still pretty good. Um, your, your opponent only has one or two more power from the location more than you. Um, it's interesting. I think it varies depending on the deck you're playing, uh, how much you commit to it or not. Uh, yep. Agreed. Well, that is all of the locations that are currently in the game. Uh, more locations to come in the future. Um, and, you know, we'll break those down as a release, but this is kind of the, uh, the pool that we're seeing in the beta in the soft release right now. Uh, and so we've had the chance to really familiarize ourselves, and it's really fun. You know, I love the concept of locations with this card game and it's just so fun how every game really plays differently because you kind of have this infinite, uh, combinations of some of these locations and how they interact with each other and their abilities. So. You know, Carbon, you know, if you had to pick one, we've talked about tons of locations today, I know, 
But if you had to pick one that's your favorite or and or just the one you'd like to see in the most games possible with how you like to play the game, what would it be? Uh, that's that's a really difficult one. I, I really lo- I just love the location system and how it, you know, like you said, it just it keeps every game fresh when it's doing something different than than other card games. Um, I guess if I had to pick a favorite, I, I had a lot of fun when Kiln was the featured location. Um, just a lot of different strategy, seeing the different ways people tried to put power into the Kiln early or put it later in the, on later turns was super interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I believe that was last week and, and definitely some interesting some interesting plays. I, I, I guess we should just say that too. I mean, part of this game is the featured location system is it kind of creates this drive to try out new decks each week which i think is very exciting and different from other card games very fun to see uh well you know before we go carbon you know you're you're returning to the show and i know you know people have been you know wanting to kind of see your streams after after the first episode you're on but please just remind our listeners and and any of our new listeners what is the best way to find you online uh you know consume the content that you're putting out on different platforms and the best way to support you as a content creator yeah, absolutely. So um, I stream on Twitch occasionally. It's been a little little infrequent over the past uh, couple weeks, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back to it here um, shortly. So you can check me out at twitch.tv slash carbon underscore. That's C-Q-R-B-O-N underscore. Um, I also am currently writing articles for marvelsnap.io, which is a great website to uh, go find a uh, uh, look at the card, browse the card for the game and build decks. Um, I write articles about um, the mathematical uh, side of the game. Um, so look, uh, there's currently, I currently have one article out now and there should be another one coming within the next couple of days and uh, many more to come. So um, definitely feel free to head on over there, uh, check out the site and check out uh, my articles. Awesome. Well, I would just say, let me know when the, the article drops. We'll be shared, sure to share it on the uh, Can't Stop Snapping Twitter account. Uh, for you listeners, just a reminder that at can't underscore stop underscore snap, make sure to follow us there so that you can uh, be aware of all the new episodes coming out, all of the content creators that we're trying to highlight, and you can kind of uh, give your feedback on the podcast and make any suggestions or anything you'd like to hear on the podcast. With all that being said, thank you for tuning in once again. Thanks for, for listening and make sure to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, produced, recorded, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.